Get to the church, blind! Get to the church, blind! Go! Now! I'm Pete Mitchell, and he's Peyton Jones, and you're listening to Hardcore Church Planning, the companion podcast for the Church Planner Podcast and Church Planner Magazine. Each week, we'll bring you interviews from planners who are in the trenches making it happen right now. These active church planners bear it all, share their successes, their failures, and what they'd wish they'd known when they were first starting out. Listen in to discover how God is working in their church plan. Hey, church planner, this is Pete Mitchell. And this is Peyton Jones. Coming to you for Hardcore Church Planning, the midweek podcast. And uh, as always, we've got a, a hot, very hot guest on this particular episode of the old Hardcore Church Planning. So Peyton, introduce the guest. So we have Hugh Halter voted the sexiest man in Christianity and Kristen Dumb. And uh, he's on here. He's the founder. We we had to do that, Hugh. We had to, you know, he's naked on the next issue on the cover of Church Planner Magazine. You can catch that. He's uh, very discreetly holding. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) I got to stop there. I I don't have time to edit, man. I'm catching a plane after this. So unbelievable. Unbelievable. So Hugh is the, uh, he's an author. You know Hugh. He's written all kinds of books like Anne, The Tangible Kingdom, Flesh. He's got a brand new book called Brimstone. And uh, he is the founder of Missio. You know of that. A lot of the missional conversation came out of the stuff that Hugh and his buddies have done. And he is now the U.S. Director of Forge America. And uh, Hugh, welcome on, man. Glad to be here, guys, I think. <laughs> I, I think we've had you more than any other guest. That's kind of weird. I think that might be actually that accurate. Actually, yeah. I, I think you're the guest who actually cares the least whether you're on here or not. So, you know. It's almost like, almost like uh, Jimmy Kimmel's sideshow. Just always there for you whenever you need me. So. <laughs> Absolutely. I like it. Well, one of the things here that we always like to do when we start out the podcast is uh, ask you how you came to faith. Even though we've had you on the podcast before, the nature of podcasting, not everyone has heard those uh, previous interviews with you. So why don't you uh, tell us how you came to faith and how you got started in church planning? I was in fifth grade in a Nazarene church, and I always loved to hear sermons from like third grade on. So I was skipping out on my Sunday school, listening to a sermon. Guy did the old school fire and brimstone message. I responded, walked down the aisle. So that was uh, that's why I still like the old school local churches because uh, it it made it for me. So mm. um, yeah, that was my story. Great. Great. How did you get started doing the church planning stuff? You know, I did. Uh, I did ten years of Youth for Christ in Portland, Oregon, kind of inner city stuff. Uh, a lot of a lot of kids came to faith, and we were trying to plug them into local churches, and that was a disaster. So my wife finally said one day, she goes, "Screw it, let's just try to start something for all these people that we've seen come to faith." So uh, we just there wasn't a whole lot of books on church planting at the time. There was some Bill Hybel stuff and some. Peter Wagner stuff, but uh, that was the first time I'd actually ever thought about being a pastor, but we just started to gather people in our homes, and then eventually we had like a normal Sunday thing, but uh, we were mostly a network of communities around Portland, so that was kind of our entrance in. I don't think I ever thought I would plant, even the, even the story in Denver, which was our second plant, that was, we were actually 
desperately not trying to plant. And that just, the house started filling up again and started multiplying the good news of what, what that experience was. So been at it for about, I would say, uh, 25 years, 15 years of church planting, two churches. So, Yeah, I would say that's where most of the good stuff for me happened was when I wasn't trying. And I was telling God, no, I don't want to do this. And stuff just kind of happened around it. Well, a lot of your experience, man, kind of, um, you know, I've read, I've read all your books actually. And, uh, that, that's saying a lot cause I don't read a lot of everybody, but, um, what I love about you is, is you and I kind of follow us a, a similar track in that you have always had to work other jobs. And so, um, the title I didn't specifically mention, um, was Bibo, uh, because you've got an event coming up and we, we actually wanted to to uh, hear about a couple of the events that you've got coming up, but one of them is the um, Bible National Conference, and its its subtitles: Money, Mission, and the Local Church. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, well, that was you know, Peyton. That wasn't our story. I think at the time I was living it, I didn't think there was that much that was weird about it because um, I think I was still trying to to make a full time living. So I probably viewed Bible like everybody else as kind of a stepping stone to where you ultimately want to get. But now looking back, um, I think it was a key piece of what God was doing because it seems to be the wave of the future right now. Um, as the church continues to implode, uh, you know, every denomination is on the decline, which means the, the financial model of supporting our denominations and our Bible schools to our, you know, youth camps, that's all going to begin to struggle as the church keeps struggling. So it's going to put us back in a pure missionary context and missionary context require that you have more missionary forms of funding. So I'm trying to present Bible, not as a better way, but as another way that you can fund your livelihood and your calling. And um, where it used to be perceived again, kind of negatively, I'm actually finding a ton of people that actually want the lifestyle. They actually feel like they would be able to follow Jesus better. They would do church more in the context of a team as opposed to being paid to be the single leader doing all the stuff you don't want to do. So I just think there's a ton of upsides to it, even though it is a struggle. Um, so we're going to do a national conference just to begin that dialogue and not paint a, a positive spin on it, but, but really let people process the difficulties and the possibilities of rethinking everything in relationship to money and mission. Mm. So you, uh, you know, you, you very, um, I would say powerfully in your book, Bible outline, um, the ways that, uh, a guy can be freed up to, um, to do ministry and work a secular job at the same time. Um, how do you, how do you how do you get that balance right? Well, I really actually say it's you're probably never going to get the balance. I don't know if any of life is actually balanced. Even if you get a full time job, most pastors are completely out of balance. So I don't think the money is going to be the issue of whether or not you have an enjoyable, fruitful life. I think it's more how you begin to to manage multiple aspects of your life. So. Uh, at the back of the book, I actually have a chapter called The Five Knacks, which uh, I had somebody interview me, and he goes, just seemed like you had a knack for these five things. So we actually included <laughs> those. Um, and, you know, and honestly, one of those is just what we call a personal knack, your ability to own your own life. Like, you run your life. You don't let other people do it. So 
I talk in there a lot about how I would schedule my life, um, what I would prioritize. It would create momentum the fastest. And uh, a lot of stuff about um, what doesn't create momentum, what doesn't create fruit, which is, I think, where many pastors spend most of their time. So um, that's why I think the Bible conversation is not just for Bible people. I think it's for even the existing church to actually rethink how, how their leaders are actually living. Yeah. You know, um, I, my background is, is on the business side and that's, that's what I do more than obviously the, the church planning stuff. I'm, I'm the, uh, I'm the sidekick in this whole church planning, uh, arena that, that Peyton and I focus on. So I'm always intrigued when I hear, uh, you know, the, the Bivo conversation and what you guys are doing um, on the Bivo side. So help me understand, like, w- when you're saying that this conference that you've got coming up here, you're going to be talking about money, mission. W- what is the conversation like on the Bivo side? I mean, are you telling guys to go get a regular job? Are you showing guys, hey, if you are self-employed, here's how you do it? Are you, I mean, do you really talk about the work side? You know, really break that down for a guy like me that, you know, I would yeah. look at that going, that's what I want to know more about is how do I incorporate, you know, the, the work with the mission? Yeah. Well, the subtitle Bible is leveraging all of life into one calling. So what we present is from the business person to the, the, the you know, full-time pastor, we're all given the same calling, essentially. We have some uniquenesses to our calling, but we're all called to be priests. We're all supposed to be full-time working for Jesus. I think most of us would agree with that concept, but I don't think uh, most of us have learned how to leverage the things that God has given us. So a business person, to me, can be just as powerfully moved and used by God as a pastor, I think, in a lot of ways more so. So um, for the business guy, we're actually talking about kingdom leverage, you know, what does that look like in your life? Uh, same thing with the pastor. But um, so, I, you know, I don't know if that makes sense. I just don't think any of us have any more of a special calling than anybody yeah. else. And I think we've got to start really helping business leaders realize that they're, they're at the front edge or tip of the spear of what God's doing in the world right now, if they see it that way. Absolutely. My, um, my brother-in-law is a director of, um, global studies at APU here in Southern California. And he, about five years ago, six years ago, he told me, he said, you know, we're, we're seeing a reverse in the trend where guys used to, uh, come in, uh, to do like seminary or ministry study. And, uh, and now they're studying business and they're studying other fields, but they still feel the same call to ministry, but they're in, and always with him, I always know the future. It's like having a crystal ball and, uh, you know, it's kind of like the trends, you know, and then you'll hear about it, like maybe four or five years later, it'll trickle into the, the Christian mainstream, but he's always kind of pointing those things out way ahead of the curve. And, um, and that was, that was one of the things he said, these guys in, in, in years past, they would have actually gone to seminary and sent spent their money there. But uh, that's what I love about this conference coming up is you don't even need to be a church planner. You can be a businessman. That's what I hear you saying is you can you can just have a calling to be a chiropractor or, you know, whatever it is. But go to this because, you know, like the pastor guy who's like, hey, how do I make my bills? I'm serving on a team, but I got to I got to feed the family. There's what I'm paid for and what I'm made for. But what you're saying is, look, even if you're out there, you know, kind of like when Pete and I hooked up, it was like. 
Pete was like, look, I'm good at making money. And so I do for a living, but I need to have kingdom impact. And that's how we got hooked up. So I was just with a guy that, uh, has the largest timber frame company in Colorado. And he was actually a church planter up in the Boulder and just could not get the church plant going. Um, but while he was, you know, not succeeding at that, he had to start this business, which did keep growing. He was out of the vineyard movement and uh, somebody reminded him that, that Wimber once talked about how you should always, you know, look and see what God is doing and then try to join him. And so the, you know, the question with his buddies was, where does it seem like God's really blessing? And he finally had to go, well, I guess with business. And, <laughs> and now he's a prolific, you know, he just, he, he's so into so many amazing ministry ventures, but uh, you know, in, in the Bible book, I talk about the Trappist monks. Trappists yeah. were the only order that did not beg for money. Uh, they were prolific in enterprise and it's really where we get our Puritan or Protestant work ethic from. Uh, during the Reformation, it was just the Trappist monks that owned a third of all England. So yeah. Rodney Stark, you know, historian said that it was the, uh, some of these Trappist monastic communities of the ninth, 10th, 11th centuries actually funded the expansion of the church. So, you know, sometimes I go, well, what would it look like if the church got just as good at the enterprise as we did with the proclamation? Um, I don't know. It mm. could be a whole different look look for the church someday. Well, it's, it's a good thing that I'm not a Trappist monk. Do you have that lumber guy's phone number? <laughs> just um, teasing. <laughs> I actually am trying to get on with him right now. <laughs> so, uh, so here's the deal, man. Looking looking at the conference here, and again, you guys can go to um, centralized dot uh, com, but also uh, you can go to missionalchurchnetwork.com. And uh, pop that in there. You can Google Bivo National Conference. The actual web page, if you want to check it out, is missionalchurchnetwork.com forward slash Bivo dash national dash conference dash money dash mission dash the dash. Are the you serious? Dash. You're not giving them <laughs> I'm being, that. I'm being dead serious, Montezan. But <laughs> what but, were they doing? Who's in charge of that? <laughs> but here's the thing you can actually, uh, Missional Church Network. And then uh, Bivo Conference, and that will come up, and you can get the details. But I'm just looking here, and I see some of the topics, uh, the makings of a movement, right? Because what you were just talking about, like God moving, uh, Bivo stories that make sense, right? If you know Hugh, it's a down-to-earth, no-nonsense kind of approach to everything. I mean, half the time, Hugh, when I see you up there speaking, you're talking like you don't give a rip, which is kind of funny because <laughs> I know you do. But uh, this one here, making church cheaper. Um, excellent. And you've got some of that in the book. But, you know, here's a chance to uh, get up, up front, up, up close and personal with the guys that have been doing it, not just guys that talk about it. Because there's talkers and doers. Hughes a doer. You also have um, Joey Turner. We've had Joey Turner on the podcast um, the guy who started up Brood, and he's doing it well. We love Joey's story. So tell us some of the other guys that are going to be there and what, what they can expect. Yeah, well, Alan Hirsch is going to be there. He's going to be really talking about the history of movement and really show that the gospel got to us primarily through unpaid or barely paid saints. Um, so Alan always does a great job of that. Um, interestingly, I've got a gal named Rachel Triska out of ministry called Deep Element of Dallas, and they, they're going to share a story. You know, they're pastoring a local church, pretty successful, but the way they funded it through 
uh, artist community is a very unique story. So I, w- I wanted people to get lots of different looks at this. Uh, Joey would be one of those unique looks. Um, a gal named J- uh, Jesse Crookshank, who is uh, pretty high level for the four square denomination, is going to speak through issues of denominational struggles um, and sort of some complex issues related to how we get tied up in the money. So just kind of lots of different unique things. Lance Ford is going to speak to the issue of, of being an, an unleader. You know, if you're going to go Bible, the way that you perceive yourself and what leadership actually is has to change. So, so some guy. of those will be prophetic words. Yeah, I know some of those will be uh, more practical stories and we'll have some specific breakouts that I'm well, just talk to, you know, the real practicals of planting a church without money. Right on. And we hate that Brad Briscoe guy, too. Just just saying. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, those two Brad's guys are awesome. Try. What's that? That's my train. Brad's going to try to try to fix whatever we say that's wrong. He's going to be the voice of reason on this thing. So. <laughs> I <laughs> that's love it. That's kind of what he is. When uh, we is. we always joke or joke around about uh, uh, Lance and Brad that they're kind of like the the uh, heckle and jackal or the they're like a pair, right, Bert and Ernie. And uh, but but Brad's always a guy that kind of holds them back, so it's kind of funny. But we love those two, man. We keep bumping into them wherever wherever I go. It seems like wherever I'm speaking, those two guys are there. So kind of cool. Yep. Hey, Brad uh, Peyton. Brad is also working with me. I don't know. Some of your listeners may want to know this, but. We just started uh, doing learning cohorts for Bivo leaders. So we take eight people at a time, um, and those classes seem to fill up fairly fairly quickly right now. So if any of your listeners want to get in on it, it's a six-month, once-a-month deal uh, where we do a webinar together, and then uh, we offer to coach you during that process. So uh, they can also find out that info off Brad's uh, site that you just mentioned. Cool. All right. So that's on the centralized site, right? Yep. Awesome. Okay. Great. And just so everyone knows, this uh, conference, it's coming up August 7th and 8th in Denver, Colorado. And um, that's just important for them to know when it's going to be. So if they want to go to it and go to that site, tell us a little bit about uh, the event that you've got coming up with Caesar. We talked a little bit before uh, we got on here for the podcast about it. And uh, we want to make sure that everyone also hears about that event. It's a, a very unique event we're doing. It's called the Journeyman Bare Knuckle Leadership Intensive. It's August 18 through 20 at my ranch in Denver, Colorado. And uh, we limit that to 40 leaders. And uh, in that one, we don't talk about how to do church at all. We're really talking through seven critical oaths that we think every leader has to take uh, that will keep you actually living well, enjoying walking with Jesus and leading people. So uh, it includes some amazing parties and uh just unique kind of time hanging out talking through stuff that you've always wanted to talk through so love uh for folks to check that out as well when is that when when is that and where can they find out more about it august 18 through 20 if you just go even on my facebook site and scroll down you'll see some stuff for journeyman um caesar kalinowski's site as well um you can go to hughhalter.com and find that uh, so just go to our personal sites. There's a lot of info about it on those. And they're going to they're gonna hang out with you guys for a couple days. You guys are going to barbecue, put on a spread for them, and have guys. What, what's the purpose of that get-together? What, what's the real um, – what sets that one apart? Because from our talk earlier, it sounds pretty well, unique. Yeah. 
Yeah, what we've always found is that you go to conferences and you can't really even ask the questions you've always wanted to ask or get down with the personal issues. So Caesar and I just thought the best way to really influence leaders of the future is to, to give them the very best time we can give them. So uh, we do go through some content, we do some teaching, uh, but it's more or less um, a place that uh, nobody else is going to ever say what you said during that time. It's kind of a Vegas deal. What what's, what happens at Journeyman stays at Journeyman. But uh, the guys that have come so far have said it was uh, the best thing that they've ever done personally. So we'll just leave it at that. Right on, man. And it's uh, it's kind of like a fight club for ministers then, right? Well, pretty much. We actually do uh, we do an experience, a physical experience together that we won't tell you till you get here. <laughs> but uh, it's pretty fun. I dig it. I dig it. <laughs> it's the so firewalk, you know, isn't it? It's the firewalk. It's Anthony Robbins all over again. <laughs> yeah. It's harder than that, trust me. So Hugh, what um just just going going over it, what what are some of the things that ministers just because we got church planners, man, they're all struggling. I mean, every one of us is to some degree or another struggling with something. What are what are some of the top things that, that you've noticed that guys want to talk about, need to talk about, but don't feel that they can talk about? Yeah, uh, one just comes to mind is just the the pressure you feel to please. Um, we know actually the gospel, or actually getting people to buy into it, it's like selling rocks in the gravel pit. Honestly, and especially to church folks, they don't really want to follow Jesus. So when you're trying to build a church, and you know that you're trying to call them to a gospel that renovates and wrecks every part of your life. Most pastors just feel like they're playing a game, like they can't really pastor like they want to or preach like they want to or lead people. So we're going to talk about how to deconsumerize your life and uh, not be bound. You know, scriptures say if you're trying to please men, you cannot be a servant of Jesus. So what's that actually look like? Um, that would just be one of the topics that we'll talk about in there. That's awesome, man. Well, hey, you know what, Hugh, we love um, all the stuff you've put out. I think personally— that in in all of the books that are out there for church planners right now, I found Bivo probably the most profound. It's the smallest one I think out there, but I think it hit on a topic that nobody else. Uh, it, it's become a buzzword. Um, everybody calls it Bivo because the book was called Bivo. Um, really, you were kind of the guy that that came out and said, "Hey, this is a thing." And it should be seen as a good thing, not the thing that you're always trying to work out of. Not the thing that you're trying to run from or escape because most guys have the the Pinocchio syndrome where they're like, hey, man, you know, I, I, I'm i a little wooden boy and I, I can't wait to be a real boy when I'm sitting behind that yep. desk and I paid full time. Then I'll be a real boy, you know, and uh, I can I can prove to the world that, you know, I, uh, I I really was called to this and I just love the way that um, you kind of highlighted. I mean, it's definitely been true in my life, you know, for the last you know, 22 years in ministry, the majority of that has been sent, uh, spent Bivo so that I can, uh, I can keep making impacts in places where, you know, kind of as a serial planner where money doesn't walk around, man, the projects, uh, you know, uh, parts of Europe. I mean, that's, that's just inner city, Long Beach. We're now working on San Diego. That's just, it frees me up, man, to, to actually go where I need to go. And so, uh, again, it resonated with me. It's one of the reasons we keep having you on here. And, uh, I just think you wrote a book that is going to continue 
to, um, to change the way people think for years to come. Guys are going to rethink their ministry. If you guys can go to this, if you can get to Denver, again, that's August 7th through 8th, you can go to missionalchurchnetwork.com, Google Missional Church Network, and uh, then check out Bible Conference. And if you just look up Bible Conference and Google that, it'll come up, but you'll know that you're in the right spot when you get to the Missional Church Network site. And uh, he will be there. Um, all these guys that are at these conferences, uh, if you go to conferences, they're very, very accessible. They'll sit down, they'll chat with you, they'll uh, listen to your story, and uh, it's meant to be intimate. So that's going to be at Denver Seminary, August 7th through 8th. You can go to the website. You can register online. It uh, gets cheaper. Uh, excuse me, it gets more costly by the day, but uh, check that out. And I'm going to hand over to Pete. Pete has a question that's been burning. It's the, it's the question that everyone actually listens to this podcast for here. So uh, I'm not even sure who we should ask it of, Peyton. But um, Well, let, let's give some background break. first to you. Um, here's the deal, man. On, on our podcast at the very end, well, you ask a question and then I'll, I'll fill them in. All right. If you were to get into a physical fight with you <laughs> and let's say – I don't know. Who, who should we go for? We should go for Michael Frost or maybe even Brad yes. Briscoe. Yes. Michael Frost? All right. You and Michael, Michael Frost. Frost. Who would win? Mm. Oh, that's well, no, no, we, we have Michael, to tell you. I, before you answer this, I have to tell you. A couple times now, you have been nominated. If we said, who's, who's the church planner you don't want to fight? You've been nominated. So yeah, you whether, have been nominated for that one. Whether you hit like a girl or you can cave a face in, man, some somehow you're, you're causing some fear out there, my friend. <laughs> okay, so back on Mike, <laughs> dear friend. Okay, um, Mike does look pretty rough with that bald head. I mean, you have to admit it. he has an intimidating look to him. Yep, yep. He also has an intimidating personality. He's kind of a. He doesn't seem to be afraid of anybody. Uh, so there, I think I might even be intimidated, but you'll also notice that, uh, the Australians, especially Mike Frost, Alan Hirsch, they don't really exercise. In fact, Alan Hirsch says he hasn't exercised since he was in the army, the Australian army. Okay. Mike, I know, cause I've asked him, I said, Mike, what do you do for exercise? And he says, I take walks. So based on that, I would like to say that I think I could take Mike I think I could take Mike. I'm not sure. Mm, okay. All right. You think? I think I, I got. I, I think I got the cardio. I think I got the cardio on him. Okay. So, so this is what we're gonna do. If Pete and I ever throw a conference, we're gonna get a ring, and we're gonna invite you guys both to speak, and that's gonna be the bonus event, right? With with giant foam gloves on, we're gonna let you guys beat the crowd, and we're gonna see who wins. I, I don't know if we should use giant foam gloves. You know, because I do the MMA magazine, I can get us a. <laughs> a cage. I can get us a real MMA cage. I'm just saying. I, I'm just saying it would be the battle of the century. It'd be great because uh, Frosty comes up as a guy that people are like, I don't know. I don't know. Frosty. And it's the hat, man. For me, I got to say it's the hat. The hat make him look. It makes him look a little bit gangster, a bit thug life. You know, we also do believe that he would pull a knife. And we did. We don't that, think yeah. he would do a fair fight. I, no. I, yeah. I could, he's definitely smarter than me. So he could, he could have like a shank in his yeah. coat pocket and shank me. Yeah. Right. That, so, you never know. That would probably happen. <laughs> oh, 
You guys are stupid. <laughs> we are stupid. And that's well, why and, people and, love us. <laughs> and and just know that we did also ask Ferguson, uh, you know, who he would fight. And uh, and sometimes we pit him. Like, we picked a guy. But we mentioned someone with Dave, you know, and we, we, we kind of said, what about this guy? And we mentioned Alan Hirsch. And he went, oh, please. <laughs> it's like, my wife can take Alan. <laughs> I love it. He's only small. I want to mess with Deb, though. No, no, definitely not. Definitely not. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, uh, Hugh, for being on. And uh, just to remind everyone, the uh, BIVO conference is coming up the 7th and 8th of August. And uh, uh, we're going to put in the show notes a link to that website so you guys can just uh, pop right over on your your podcast and click the link and go right to that site and uh, and get registered for it. And uh, Peyton, you want to sign us out? Well, I'm not Arnold Schwarzenegger, but I'll let Arnold take it. All right. Remember, if you are called to church planting, go hardcore or go home. You've been listening to Hardcore Church Planting. Hardcore Church Planting has been brought to you by the Church Planner Podcast and the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the App Store for both Apple and Android devices. If you like this episode, leave us a positive review. If you didn't like this episode, we'll be happy to give you your money back.